Hey everybody, hope you're doing well. It is uh, Thursday, January 19th at 9.02 p.m. Purdue has just absolutely throttled uh, Minnesota. Minnesota. Uh, Purdue has beaten up on Minnesota pretty good. Uh, Purdue did not play well. Minnesota looked like they might have been one of Purdue's worst opponents quality-wise this season. And I mean going back into the pre-con. Uh, pretty special performance for Minnesota. Uh, Purdue, let's see, final score was 61-39. My, apologi- my apologies. Um, but uh, just a really ugly game to watch. I'll talk a little bit about it here in a second. But first, let me thank Martin Vintage. MartinVintage.com. Go over there. Grab a t-shirt. Grab a sweatshirt. Uh, get some cool stuff. Enter Boiled at checkout. Get 15% off. Good deal. Uh, that's a Purdue family. Uh, it's a husband and wife. Uh, they're awesome. So uh, if you're looking for some place to spend the money that's burning a hole in your pocket, that's a good place. Um, also, when you're on campus, uh, Purdue will play on Sunday versus Maryland. Uh, they, If you're on campus then, head over to AJ's on Vine. Go ahead. Burgers, beef, beer. They've got everything you want. They've got... French toast sticks, they or pardon me, funnel cake sticks. Gosh darn it. They got fried pretzel appetizers that are silly. Uh, they've got macaroni and cheese bites. You can see a theme of things that a, a guy who's maybe not a health nut like myself uh, would like. Some delicious food. Um, and say hi to, to my pal Adam while you're at it if he's there. So uh, Purdue just absolutely railroads Minnesota. That was... Um, it was ugly. In the first half, it looked like Minnesota wasn't going to break uh, double digits, double figures. Uh, they had nine points before one of their offensive snipers uh, hit a shot where he was from the top of the key and he banked it in. looked completely accidental, only because it was accidental. Uh, and they finished that half with 12 points. Um I don't know. I don't know what to say about this game. Purdue played a poor basketball game. Purdue played poorly on offense. They were okay on defense. They didn't need to kick it into higher gear. But I bet Matt Painter has plenty of things he can say. Man, we got some things to work on. Uh, one really interesting sub uh, plot sub story was Zach Eady didn't get his double uh, double. He had a streak of double doubles uh, that he had been putting together. In case you hadn't been paying attention. Uh, I think he got 12 and 6 or something like that. I'll go over the stats here in a second if you're into that sort of thing. But uh, the big takeaway was Braden Smith played really, really well. Um, He had his bag of tricks open. Minnesota couldn't really stay in front of him. He was was super effective. Um, Lawyer played okay. First was good on the glass. Uh, Gillis was good off the bench. Newman showed some flashes. But Newman spent a lot of time on the hardwood. Um, one thing that I think is really tough to figure, um, and I'm going to get into this in a second with the stats, like specifically, Purdue shot hardly any free throws. And if you watched the game, you saw a lot of tugging and pulling and grabbing. The same thing I have been talking about all season. And it is just the worst way to play basketball. The, the brand of Big Ten basketball is just hot garbage. And it, it wasn't Purdue doing it. I can tell you that much. It really wasn't. If you watch... Watch both sides. Uh, number one, Minnesota, their offensive sets look like they don't practice them. And they had so many moving picks 
in the first 25, 30 minutes. I mean, incredible amount of moving picks. They were all being called. Um, they would come up. They wouldn't even come close to setting their feet. A lot of times guys would have their hands out in front of them and just kind of run through the Purdue player. Um, ugly basketball. Minnesota's struggling. Minnesota has some talented guys on their team, but there's something broken up there. Um, my guess is you're not going to see Ben Johnson in Minnesota again next year. If you are, it's just almost a favor at this point because he's a guy who's from Minneapolis, I believe, and he played basketball at Minnesota. I think he had, was a GA there at one point or something. He's hit, Much of his career is has come through Minnesota, and I think they want this favorite son of theirs to win, and I get it. But, man, they look bad. Now, I don't know. Maybe there's more going on, but – they look bad, and they're leaning heavily on the transfer portal, so they're not really building a uh, program for what it looks like to me. Granted, I don't spend a lot of time thinking about Minnesota or looking into Minnesota. I just kind of, it's all surface stuff, but that's not a good team. I don't know how else to say it. Um, uh, the But Purdue played poorly. Minnesota played much, much, much worse. Purdue walks away with a relatively easy victory. Purdue walks away, from what I understand, Without any big injuries, always a victory when you go to Minneapolis and not leave with ACL or back or wrist or whatever, concussions, anything. Just It's always good when you leave Minneapolis without any major injuries. So that's a victory in itself. Purdue will not play Minnesota again this season um, in the... They probably, they probably won't play them because Minnesota will be a very low seed, if not the lowest seed in the league. Um, going into the tournament, they'll lose their first round uh, in the play-in round, and Purdue won't have to play for another two rounds in the Big Ten tournament. And they don't uh, they don't return the favor, come to Mackey Arena to for something for the paint crew to feast their eyes on that brand of basketball. Sorry if I sound cynical. That was awful. And if you watched the entire game, which I think all of you in this in the margin, thanks for tuning in to you. Um, I'm sure all of you did. Uh, by the way, uh, I'm not going to say that, but um, I've got a little, little something for my voice right now. So uh, if you've got a, you can take a break with me. Anyway, um, not a fun basketball game, but still, it's always fun when Purdue wins. And here's the bigger thing: I said it the other day. Purdue uh, had was the it's the best start of the program's history, and I was right, kind of, because it's a, it was the tie. It was 17 and one is the same that the 87-88 Boilers did. That's the Three Amigos, the team that I grew up admiring. I love those guys. Um, when I went to Purdue basketball camp um, at age 12, uh, those guys were young. Scheffler was at Purdue basketball camp when I was there, and so was Todd Mitchell. Todd Mitchell was, was I think, a sophomore, if my, my memory is correct. So that means those, those all three of those guys were there. I didn't see all of them. I didn't see Lewis Stevens and Mitchell at Purdue basketball camp. Uh, but I did see Mitchell, and I did see Scheffler. They were, you know, playing pickup games and um, in Mackey when when myself and all the other cool twelve year olds were going in and out of the the place. And uh, that's the team I grew up with. But they were an incredible team. They um, the it, the end of that season of like many Purdue basketball seasons was heartbreaking. Um, but the they won the Big Ten. They beat Michigan to to clinch the Big Ten title. I was in Mackey Arena. Um, Incredible, incredible atmosphere. Uh, there had just been an ice storm in Indianapolis. We didn't have any power. My whole family, it was awesome. It was awesome. Such a fun, fun day. Um, but that team started 17-1. and I don't believe they started 18-1. I think this Purdue team takes its sole seat 
as the best start ever in the history of the program. And I talked about this the other night because uh, I, I think I was just incorrect. So I apologize. Um, I'm incorrect a lot, guys. I try my best. Here's the thing. I try my best. I try to bring you the hot, fresh Purdue action. But sometimes uh, I stub my toe. Uh, tonight, speaking of stubbing my toe, one thing that annoyed the hell out of me was listening to Crispin talk during that basketball game. He was doing color. I don't know who was doing play-by-play. I really, but they were both bad. Um, ESPN two uh, and ESPN the the family of networks is not doing the Big Ten any favors. You'd think the number three team in the nation playing a conference game would get maybe a decent broadcast team, but they got Crispin, and Crispin used to be on Big Ten Network, if you don't remember that, and I didn't like his style then. He sounds like a Dan Dockett's ripoff to me, which is not a good place to start, and so he was saying things. At times, it was just like a bunch of words running into each other. At other times, at one point, he said, what am I supposed to say? I can't say anything. I have no analysis. He literally said that. Of course you don't, but he's, even when he doesn't have anything to say, he talks. And so I said, I wish Crispin would stop making mouth noises because it wasn't really words he was saying for a while. And then he must've had a good take because a couple people said, oh man, I really liked what he said. Then I had stopped listening. I, I, I was done. Um, at that point, I think I was either um, looking up cars on the internet or maybe, um, maybe something else that didn't matter. I, I mean, I, I, was, I had checked out and so I apologize. Uh, but let me go over these stats right now. Um, let me let me talk a little bit about the nitty gritty of the game. Purdue wins sixty one thirty nine. Purdue improves to eighteen and one. Minnesota falls to seven and ten. Like I said, Smith led the way nineteen points, seven assists, seven rebounds, uh, and uh, just two turnovers. That's a darn good game. He like I said, his bag of tricks were open. He hit uh, three three pointers. He was three three for five from deep. Purdue was 43%, 43.8% from three-point, uh, the three-point line. That's pretty darn good. Um, let's see, who else? Uh, Brandon Newman was two for three. Uh, I said that earlier. Gillis was one for three. Uh, Morton had a big three towards the end of the game. I know the Ethan Morton hater group. I don't know if any of you are on here. Welcome. Uh, but if I don't understand why you guys dislike him. If you don't understand why the guy's on the court, just pay more attention when it when it's not an offensive set. That's all I'm saying. Just watch the defense, and maybe you'll figure out why Morton's on there. He's freaking great. He's a whiz on defense. He doesn't stop. He doesn't look great or graceful when he plays the game. That might be the hang-up for many of you guys. Uh, not a classical athletic gait on defense. He ends up on the court a lot because he's stumbling on himself. Whatever. I love the guy. I love Ethan Morton, and I'm not... I'm not embarrassed to admit it. Gosh darn it. So, uh, Brandon Smith, Braden Smith, he was uh, 19 points. Then Zach Eady, horrible game. 12 points, 6 rebounds, 4 block shots, 2 assists. Now listen, guys. Let's all understand how spoiled we are with Zach Eady. Uh, Michael Henry on a, on a sidebar um, conversation we have with Boiled Sports guys, he said, man, Eady really sucks. Time to burn... Um, uh, Big Will's uh, red shirt. Funny joke, because Michael knows that this is dumb. But, I mean, we are spoiled rotten. When Edie's bad games are 12, 6, and 4, we are spoiled rotten. He's he's a great player. He's fun to watch. Enjoy him while you can. I would love for him to stay for 4, 5, 6, 7, 8 years. Really would, but I think the odds are long. Um, even if he just... Here's the thing. A lot of people say, oh, you should stay because NBA. Okay, listen, guys. I, I don't... I've said it before. I'll say it again. Just remind you, I don't like the NBA. I don't care. I, I like Purdue. Uh, I like 
the NCAA. I like college basketball when it's not being played like the Big Ten likes to play it. But I like it better. I like the emotion behind the game. I understand why guys would want to play this for a long time. There's more connection to the fans, more connection to their fellow students, more connection to the parents and the crowd. All that stuff is more fun to me. It's not a business. It's, well, it's not as much of a business. And so if Zach Eady wants to stay great, I would say he wouldn't. If he leaves, and worst case scenario, people are saying second round. And then let's say he doesn't even make a roster and he goes over to Europe and he just kicks ass and takes name. Good for Zach Eady. Um, I'm not going to stop a guy from, for, from making a living. Number one, Zach's probably super close to his degree. I don't know exactly, how, but he's a smart guy. If you listen to him in his interviews, he's so cerebral, the way he approaches the game. He's so level-headed. It's hard not to just believe he's going to do something great, regardless of if he fits in the NBA or not. I don't care about that. Finally, Caleb first, six points, nine rebounds and an assist. He was all over the glass. He was playing really aggressive, playing with some abandon. Fun to see. He had a block as well. Um, then down on the guys who were uh, in relief, uh, Newman came off, came off the bench, like I said, eight points, um, and uh, Gillis had seven. Really, really weird stat, and I started, I, I started talking about this earlier, but I'll tell you about it right now. Purdue had three free throws all game. Three free throws all game. They only went 66% from the line. Two for three. Um, if you round up, if you like math. 66.7, so that's 67%, whatever. Two for three from the free throw line. And Minnesota on the other, other side went to the free throw line five times. Uh, Minnesota, mercy. Two for ten from three. Um, Purdue... Uh, did what they do on the glass. They had 40 rebound, rebounds. Minnesota had 31. And as I said, Purdue will face Maryland on Sunday, the next game. And I, uh, I think that's an afternoon game. On uh, I think it's on CBS, but I'm not positive. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. I'm going to read some comments here real quickly. T-Rick, first one in line. That used to be a big deal on the interwebs back in the early 2000s. First, I would spell it with a U if I did it. He didn't spell it at all because he's not into that. Uh, he says, "Boiler the, the flip up. Uh, that's how you do. That's how you do against a bad team. Kill them early. And they, that's one thing that's really positive, right? To to leave no doubt. To to really step on a team and then not let them back in it. Um, they did a good job in that. But really, Minnesota did it themselves. Um, sloppy. I mean, I, let me look at that one more time. Let me check one thing. One stat I wanted to see from." Yeah, so they only had 16 turnovers. I can't believe they only had 16 turnovers. It says they only had 12 personal fouls. This is where I'm just like, I am gobsmacked by that number. Maybe the, the refs just stopped calling it at a certain point, just like, okay, let's roll. Maybe it went to running clock, and I wasn't paying attention. Like I said, towards the end of the game, I wasn't paying much attention. But it wasn't that great of a game to watch. Anyway, um, Zach, the Purdue fan, says, AJ says some great waffle fries. Yes, they do, Zach. They do have great waffle fries. I think last time I went in there, Man, I, I was I was eating I was still eating my appetizer because my wife didn't help me enough with that. So that was kind of my side. It was delicious. I really was worried because I ate too much that I was I was not gonna enjoy the Purdue game, but I did. Everything worked out fine. Uh thoughts and prayers with me. Ted Berkey said, uh boiler up, glad to see our bench get some playing time played well. They did a really good job. They had plenty of opportunity. I kinda wanted to see more bench play, honestly. There was a point where I was like, just get everybody out, just get everybody out of the game. Uh, Crispy says we didn't shoot too well, 
but did did some uh, but did more than enough to get it done. Edie broke his double double streak. Yep, right on. Uh, Nathan Hartman, my pal, uh, says, "Wooby Dad, greetings from Orlando. Pray for me. We survive the parks. Man, oh man, that's uh, that's something that'll test the metal of a man. Those lines, the cost, uh, the crowds. Goodness gracious." Uh, keep fighting the good fight down there. If you if you're going back, um, he's got some little ones in his family, so um, hopefully you can just convince him you don't need to go back. Go do something else. I I, I got to tell you, when you're in the Orlando area, go to go to Sea World. That's a nice place. That's fun. Uh, it's not as bad as the crowd. They got a, they got a roller coaster there. I guess that's kind of a bigger kid roller coaster. Anyway, uh, it's been a long time since I've been in Orlando. Um, and Nathan also says holding any point to 12 points and a half is certainly something. It is something, but I'm telling you, Minnesota did so much of that on their own. Uh, Boilerman says refs felt bad. They were bad. Um, let's see. Austin Ray says nice, easy, low-stress win at Minnesota of all places. Guess we can have nice things after all. It wasn't a low-stress game. Uh, it was a very low-stress game. I wonder – I didn't check out Anisha's uh, Twitter feed because he always talks about – what's his um, – he has some statement that's, that's funny. Uh, it's something along the lines that Purdue can't do anything the normal, easy way, especially in football this season. That was a pretty normal one. That was a gift for Anish and all you guys out there. I love a blowout. I really do, but I just didn't like the quality of basketball. Uh, A.W. says, uh, I get post-traumatic stress watching Purdue at Minnesota games. Yes, and you should, and that's the right response because we've been through the ringer with those guys. Uh, Brian T. says, happy to get out of Minnesota with the win uh, when losses come, and they will. Correct. They will. There'll be a couple at least. I sus- sus- suspect they won't feel like bad losses given the parity of the Big Ten. Big Ten is doing some weird things, beating itself up. Tonight, Rutgers could not get over the hump versus Michigan State. Whole game, Michigan State kind of kept them at arm's length. Michigan State was wearing um, uniforms, tipping the cap to the uh, Flintstones National Championship team. Bunch of fine young gentlemen there. Um, great program filled with great people. Um, Let's see, uh, Boilerman 63 again. Oh, let's see, Brian T. Starting to become cautiously optimistic about our chances to get Paint his first Final Four. I wish Katie would have gotten there to get the respect he deserves. Well, I mean, yeah, this feels pretty good. It has nothing to do with March. I hope they can do it. I'm keeping a level head. I'm not trying to, me personally, I'm just not trying to think of it. I'm trying to keep it out of my mind. But, man, they're a good team. Purdue's a good team. Um, you always wonder, it's... Painter had this point the other day. Gosh, when I listen to him in his midweek press conferences or just those hallway interviews that are posted on YouTube, um, I love hearing him talk because he says things that make so much sense. And one of the things he talked about was what does a loss or a win mean in the grand scheme of things? I think he was talking about an opponent coming in after a win and how much differently they'll approach it. When you play a team after a loss, sometimes they are really sharp. And I think he was referencing Michigan State because they were just coming off a loss when they played Purdue the other night. That whole thing, and I said the other day, when Purdue loses, like they lost to Rutgers, you say, what's the cost of this loss? What's the benefit of the loss, right? So the, the even a, losing a bad game, if you lose to a team that's not very good, lower part of the conference, like IU, you know, a team that's not very good, you got to ask yourself the question, is this team, is this loss, does it have a benefit? What did it do in the long run? How did it help the program or hurt the program? Was the program in a bad space? Meaning, you look at the way Ohio State's playing. Purdue beats Ohio State, and they just go on this, gosh, this awful, awful string of games. Five straight losses. And I think they're in the process. I think they're playing tonight. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, But 
that was a costly loss because it completely rocked their confidence. It changed the way the team was playing. So, um, yeah. Anyway, uh, let's go. Uh, Kurt Schnippel says, two-game lead on the Big Ten. That's awesome. Uh, it's a big deal. I want them to win the Big Ten, but the only reason I want them to win the Big Ten is to show the people that are in the committee to reinforce the idea that Purdue deserves a one or a two seed. I want to see what this team can do with a one or a two seed. Um, especially a one, just because it's fun. But a one or a two seed, it's really different the way the tournament unfolds. You get into three and four real quickly. It gets dangerous real fast. So um, I'm hoping for a one or a two seed. Remember, everybody's pretty damn good in the NCAA tournament. I mean, teams that win their conference, some of them, I, I'm not going to say what I was going to say. I was going to say some of the teams that win their conference tournament are better than, are, are worse than Minnesota. That That's a lie. I, the way Minnesota played tonight, that, that would be a horrible lie. So I'm not going to say that. Uh, Steve Prio says, any comments from Painter postgame about Gillis hurt late? I didn't see any of the postgame comments. So if somebody else has them, fill Steve in here. I didn't do anything but come in here, get my setup ready and, and go. Um, Midwest Toger says, Edie, only one free throw all night. Yeah, that's stupid. That's just dumb. Kyle Ray, good W, and uh, now two-game lead. Newman's still playing too fast, needs to let the game come to him. Good insight, Kyle. Good insight. Now, I love the fact that Newman is playing in this different pace, and it's helping his defense because he's playing with more reckless abandon, like I said with Caleb first a minute ago. But there's got you got to find a time on offense where you're not playing at that speed because you look out of control. He had that shot where it looked like he had a non-contact knee injury when he ran into Edie, and they showed the replay. I was like, oh, I think he's okay. He just kind of awkwardly fell into somebody. Um, yeah, anyway. Uh, Sean Stevenson up here has a good point. Ethan fits a role on this team that most teams would want. Any offense from him is a bonus. Exactly. He's got an important role. He's the guy on defense where you say, you can literally throw him out. You can throw him at about four guys on the court at any time. He can guard almost anybody depending on the situation because of his length, his quickness, his understanding of the game. He's not the, he's not the best athlete, but man, he's in the right place at the right time. And when he's not in the right place at the right time, he's scratching and clawing to get there. There's a reason he plays so much. I just caution anybody who is an anti-Ethan Morton club owner, card owner, card holder, uh, to come on, number one, he's a Purdue kid. Let's. Why, why, I don't understand why people do this. I, I just don't get it. If you're gonna get after somebody, get after the millionaire on the bench. Go after Painter. I mean, I don't get it that either. He's a pretty damn good coach. I think most fan bases, many, 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 ninety what percent of fan bases in America would love to have Matt Painter as their coach. So if you complain about that, which we do have those on Twitter as well, we get to see all types on Twitter because we have. 20,000 followers, which is great and bad. We love it relaying with people. We see some stuff where you're like, man, what the hell's wrong with people? After a win, people say something that it could have been easier if Painter would have known what he was doing. What? I mean, I'm not, he's not perfect, but he's a damn good coach. And I just love hearing him talk during the week. I, I told you I'm totally all in right now. So it's great. I hope I stay with these happy, happy, joy feelings. Uh, Jeff says, I think that Trey's uh, personality is very uh, mellow. So he's talking about, okay, Ed Albanese says, I'm not sure, but I feel Trey is not, not, doesn't like being at Purdue. Not sure, just a feeling I have when he speaks. I don't think that's it, Ed. I, I don't think that's it at all. And the things I've read about Trey, I don't know much about him other than he's a really, he's, he's a cerebral kid again. He's a person that listens a lot. He's a very unique personality. 
I don't think that he dislikes being at Purdue. I, I don't gather that from people that are in the know. So I, I, I don't agree, I, but I don't, I'm not privy to any information. I'm just like you in this way. Um, Boilermaker 63 ends it. Yeah, she's, how dare uh, Pate give up double digits before halftime? Yeah, he really sucked that. That was really all on him. Um, yeah, okay, Gregory Henry, thank you. Uh, Ethan Morton, fan club member. Good. It's good. Uh, you could you could make stickers or T-shirts or whatever. I'd buy one. Uh, thanks to everybody for tuning in. Um, we're at 23 minutes. I don't even know how this happens. I got to tell you guys, I used to do this sh- this show in about 12 minutes. Maybe it was before we all interacted. I love this, by the way. I love it. I think it's great. I hope you guys enjoy it. Um, but I love the interaction and um, I used to get this thing done nice and tidy. It's probably me because I'm um, not staying on task. So I apologize if I lose you guys. If not, thanks for tuning in. Uh, Thanks for tuning in live. Thanks for listening to it streaming. Thanks to everybody out there who uh, is just bleeding black and gold and hoping that the good guys can break through this year. I'm with you. I'm with you. I think to say we're, we're due is is a vast understatement. Anish has talked about this, done some research papers about this, how good of a program Purdue is to not get there. The other program that's very similar, neck and neck, it's actually Notre Dame, the winning percentage, and they don't go to the Final Four either. And now Painter's going to outlive Mike Bray. This is it for him. This is the last seat outlive as a coach. Um, Mike Bray, if you haven't been watching, his behavior is bizarre in post games. It's like he's aw shucks, can't do anything better. That's... Uh, he's done though. He's he said he, this is his last season at Notre Dame, and it's no surprise if you've watched those. I've tuned into like four post games just to see his weird behavior, and I never watched Mike Bray before, other than I never, uh, I never, never was a big fan of Bray, and I do an impersonation of Bray that Jay likes, but I haven't done that in a while. It's not anything like he sounds, but it's how he looks that he would sound to me. If that makes sense. But anyway. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Um, Ted Berkey has a question. When is the next Hanson art? Listen, Ted, I'm here. I can't control those knuckleheads. I don't know what to tell you. If, if they wanted to have one, they're grown men. So I can't wrangle them. It's like, uh, if you're a dad, it's like trying to get your kids to do something when they don't want to do it. So, and I don't have the ability to, um, to discipline them. So. I'm not going to say that. I was going to make a joke. I'm not going to say it. But I don't know about the handsome hour. I'd love for it to happen. That's about it. God bless you. Hammer down. We'll talk to you soon. If there is no... Oh, Sunday. I will not be here in the post game as I am traveling. So I apologize. Um, We'll we'll figure something out at the site. But uh, thanks for tuning in. God bless you. We'll talk to you soon. Hammer down. Boilermakers are 18 and 1. It's history, baby. Let's go. See you.